0: Welcome to the Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Red Light Report. It's time to buckle up and learn about skin health. Today on the call, we have Jessica Clark. She is a licensed esthetician and founder of Just Skin Den in Denver, Colorado, where she lives with her fiance, Ben Higgins. Maybe you've heard of him before. She has held many different careers and has several passions, including jewelry design and other lifestyle tips. But skincare has come to be her center after struggling with acne all of high school and college and doing bouts of powerful antibiotics, including Accutane. She has found the best way to heal the skin is through an entire lifestyle change. And that is the approach that she takes with all of her clients. So without further ado, Jessica, welcome to the Red Light Report.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is so fun.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. And so yeah, let's just jump right into it. Tell us a little more about your background. And you know, what events led to you deciding that you wanted to become a licensed esthetician and then ultimately open up your own clinic?
1: Yeah. So it's definitely a longer story. So I'll give you kind of the the short end of it. But basically, I went to school and I started out thinking I wanted to do pre-med and then realized that that wasn't right for me. So I switched my degree to business and marketing. And I thought I would do medical device sales. And that would kind of combine everything I wanted to do. So out of school, I took my the first sales job I could get. It ended up being selling postage meters which I would show up on a sales call and people would ask me to take their postage meter away. So it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do with my life. Got another sales job. And in that time I started to date my fiance and develop a social media following. So that's kind of like the career piece of it. And then all through that time I was dealing with really terrible cystic acne. So I was kind of doing more research on hormone regulation, and ingredients in skincare, and how ingredients can affect the chemistry of the skin, and trying to heal my skin in a more holistic way, because Accutane didn't work for me, spironolactone didn't work for me, clindamycin didn't work, like everything, my acne just came back. So I felt like I had a really good understanding of the ingredients in skincare, and then with my social media following, I started to get asked about my skin, because I ended up having good skin from there. And I was like talking about it all day long on my Instagram to, you know, my Instagram stories. And when COVID happened, the company I was currently working for kind of shut down, took it, took a break, I guess. And I was like, I don't know when we'll be able to get back to what we're doing. So I decided to go to esthetician school. Cause I was like, I don't want to be like this topic means a lot to me. So I don't want to just be another influencer that just gives random advice. I want to actually know what I'm talking about and, and be legitimate. And so went to esthetician school, fell in love with giving facials. When I graduated, I shadowed a lot of people in Nashville and then in Denver. And then I worked closely with San Diego acne clinics. So I went to San Diego a few times and ended up, you know, through all those mentors, they said, you should just do your own thing. So now I'm in my studio.
0: That's awesome. So, was it always the plan when you went to esthetician school to open up your own place? Was that always part of the plan, especially with your marketing background?
1: It was a dream. I was like, maybe in five years, once I get more experience under me. So, kind of the more people I talked to, and especially with having a social media presence, everyone was like, you should just do it, just try it. And I'm really glad I did. It's been super fruitful and it's, um, you know, it's nice to have your own schedule. So, it's been great.
0: Well, congrats to you because that is like kind of taking a leap of faith and a little bit of risk to open up your own business, especially like you said, being so early on in your career, which yes. is kind of kind of parallels what I did with physical therapy. I graduated with zero plans to open my own business, but it wasn't six or seven months that I quit my first job and opened my own practice really by necessity and like you treating people in a more holistic way. So, so it's interesting to hear that other people like yourself took a similar path um, that I did as well. And also, is it typical for people to seek out mentorship like you did? Like you said, you traveled uh, to Nashville and San Diego to these acne clinics. Is that typical or did you just do that on your own?
1: I, I don't know if it's typical. I think most of the time from other estheticians I've talked to, you'll work at the front desk and kind of learn that way of a certain place and then hopefully get hired on as an esthetician or kind of learn on the job when you work for somebody else. But I think in the back of my head, I was like, I feel like I could open my own place, but I want to have all the knowledge I can possibly have. And so that's kind of... It's how I went about finding my sales job and realizing I want to do medical device sales. And so it's just kind of worked for me in, in my life. So I just did it.
0: Just go for it, right? So you have uh, certifications in derma planing treatments micro needling, which I'm curious about and I've heard of, but just curious about and um, an experience with chemical peels. So could you tell us a little more about each, what they would be used for, how they're beneficial for skin healing um, and especially micro needling, because um, I'm sure people are sick of me talking about dry needling at this point with all my episodes. But so I I specialize as a physical therapist in dry needling, which is amazing for uh, reducing pain, eliminating pain, uh, amongst other things. But with those needles, you're going, for the most part, all the way to the bone, which sounds kind of scarier or <laughs> kind of violent, yeah. but very therapeutic and healing. You can't really feel it when it hits the bone. But, but to the point of this question, especially with microneedling, how are, how are the needles used to augment skin health?
1: So there are different types of microneedling pins. I have a very basic one just because I am just starting out. So you can actually get up to pins that are certified medical devices and they get really bloody when you're doing microneedling. There are also different types of microneedling. So there's microneedling that's just you're going into the skin and there's some that you can infuse PRP. So, you know, you take the blood, you spin it around, you put it back into the face and that's supposed to really help with anti-aging. But basically another term for microneedling is collagen induction therapy. So the idea is that you're creating these micro wounds in the skin to stimulate collagen production to come to the surface. So it plumps up skin. It's really good for scar revision. It's also great for hyperpigmentation because, that old skin is just getting rejuvenated. So I prefer it to a laser for hyperpigmentation actually, because lasers, you know, heat can induce pigment. So it's a much safer way to help with things like melasma, sunspots, that sort of thing. There's also minimal potential for scarring unless you're using one of those really, really gnarly pins and you go like two millimeters on the forehead, which you should not do. There are different depths for different skins. So you can go deeper on the cheeks, deeper on pigment, deeper on scars, that kind of thing. So you can adjust the depth of the pen. Mine comes with a 12 needle head or a 36 needle head. So that also can affect how much collagen you're going to produce after the treatment 36 obviously is a little bit gnarlier. So you might have a longer recovery, but your results could be better. And then you can always, you need some sort of slip when you're doing it. So you could do it with something hydrating, like a hyaluronic acid, something that's going to plump up the skin, like a stem cell serum, something brightening, like a vitamin C. There's all kinds of options for it, but the goal really is to just kind of rejuvenate your skin. There's some insane results with it.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. Speaking of insane results, what are some of the most insane with microneedling?
1: So for me personally, I had really bad acne scarring and it's basically all gone, all the textures. And then I also do have melasma. And every time I microneedle, my melasma gets less and less. And that's just basically, a it can almost look like a birthmark either on your upper lip, on below your eyes or on your forehead. It's really common in women that are pregnant. So it's called pregnancy mask a lot of the time. And that there's significant decrease in pigment from that. And then if you look at my mom, she's done microneedling and she looks like she's 10 years younger than she is. It's honestly insane.
0: Interesting. So with melasma, it's like you're saying, facilitating turnover and healing of that area. So that the turnover of the skin and skin cells uh, changes the color. So you no longer have those, those spots, if you will.
1: Yeah. It kind of helps to prevent the melanocytes from coming to the surface. So you have to go to a deeper depth to really get in for melasma. But once you get to that depth, you're kind of just stifling the melanocytes from coming to the surface.
0: Gotcha. So you inhibit them from, from coming to the surface in a sense. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. So,
1: <laughs>
0: so if your skin is relatively healthy or you just want to you know continue to make it healthier... How often would you do microneedling kind of as a prophylactic measure just kind of to keep the anti-aging or like in your mom's case, just keep looking young?
1: Usually quarterly or, you know, even just twice a year. If you don't have any other real crazy skin conditions, it's great as long as your home care is important. Your home care is good. So no matter what treatment you're doing in the office, whether it's with an esthetician or a dermatologist, if you're using terrible products at home, it's really not going to do much. And you're going to have to keep going back more frequently to see the results that you want.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. So really not that much to keep up the, the good looking skin.
1: No, usually like if you came in and you had acne scars, we would do three treatments, six weeks apart, really gnarly get in there. And then just quarterly maintenance.
0: That's not bad at all. And so you're saying um, the treatments are relatively bloody because, of course, you're going into the skin. And I've seen pictures of different people post on Instagram and social media that you leave the blood on your skin or were they doing uh, PRP as well or something else uh, along with the microneedling?
1: Usually the bloodier ones are PRP. So that would be more for anti-aging. My clients don't bleed very much. It just depends on who you are and the depth of the meal you're going to and then the device that you use. So some devices are known as bloodier devices. And so they just kind of get those results and I would not prefer it, but some people really like that. So it just depends on who you are.
0: Cool. Cool. Let's move on from needling for, for the moment. And so based on your experience and your expertise, what are some of the biggest culprits that we face comes to attaining that healthy, glowing skin health? And also what are some of the biggest myths about treating your skin?
1: Hmm. Some of the biggest culprits I would say the biggest one is hormone imbalance, especially in women. Um, so getting on the wrong birth control, having an IUD and then just daily life. Um, there's so many things that can affect our hormones, even from like your laundry detergent, like switching that up can, can help your skin significantly with that. There's diet change. There are three big food groups that you look for with acne and it's gluten, dairy, and eggs. So sometimes doing, a few elimination diets and seeing if that helps to heal your skin can be really beneficial. But hormones is definitely number one. So even if you come and you do every single thing right, and your routine is perfect, one of the last things that you can do is go and see a hormone specialist. And that usually is going to really, really help a lot. And then there are different types of birth control that can either help acne or hurt acne. So that's a big one, but I would say that's huge. And then there are different kinds of groups of ingredients that get a bad rap, whether it be marketing or something else. And that's hormone disruptors and pore cloggers. There are very legitimate pore clogging ingredients and very legitimate hormone disrupting ingredients, but a lot of it is kind of like a scare tactic. So it's all in the dosage as well. I will say pore clogging ingredients, if you have acne, you want to avoid completely. But when it comes to hormone disruptors, you know, if you're using a little eye cream that maybe has like phenocytanol on it, it's not going to disrupt your hormones. It's a balance. So I think there are a lot of marketing scare tactics out there. And so just being wary of those right now. And then the other myth I would say is, putting on like as many acids and exfoliators as you possibly can to heal your acne and like dry skin is best for healing acne. And that is so not true. Lots of times oily skin, even is dry skin in disguise because you're just overproducing oil so that your skin is, is just trying to get healthy again. So I always tell people you actually need more moisture than you think in your routine and exfoliation can actually cause more harm than good. If you're overdoing it.
0: Interesting. Cause like you, when I was growing up, especially like middle school, high school, teenage years, you know, I was dealing with a lot of acne and I think I was doing a lot of the same things you were, which just weren't working. And I'm wondering how much of that was, you know, the stress of, you know, the, the teenage younger adult life and and the diet probably wasn't perfect, but also it's like, you're saying I was using a lot of topical treatments that would just dry the heck out of your skin. And I was like, what you're trying to accomplish. So that's interesting that you say that's not necessarily the goal when you're trying to treat acne.
1: No, definitely not. I take a low and slow approach to those sort of ingredients because you, the other problem is if you do dry out your skin like that, you're going to age faster. And no one wants that either. You want to heal your acne, but you also want to, you know, work on your anti aging and make sure that your skin isn't all shriveled up when you're older. So that's really important.
0: Absolutely. That's a good point. And so you mentioned that, you know, working with clients, you kind of go through an entire lifestyle change in a way to help them improve their skin health in concert with your effective treatments that you, that you give your your clients. So tell us more, and you've alluded to some of them already, but tell us more about those lifestyle changes that you implement with your clients to help them, you know, better improve their, their skin health.
1: Yeah. So we go through, um, you know, how much water you drink, what your job is, how much stress you're under. Stress management is also really big, big with with healing acne. We go through your diet, your supplements, there are supplements that can cause acne to be worsened. We go through your laundry detergent, your shampoos. I mean, the type of pillowcase you use, your entire routine, every single thing that touches your face, we talk about. And then... You know, from there, it's kind of, I leave it to the client, you know, how far do you want to go? Do you want to do a two week elimination of gluten and see how that heals your skin? Do you want to maybe try switching out your products to things that don't have pore cloggers first And and we kind of, we get on a timeline with them. And then when they come in office, we'll do some acne peels and extractions and all that good stuff.
0: Gotcha. That makes sense. So really, like you're saying, diet, anything that touches your face, whether it's uh, topical or or cloth, or like you're saying, detergent, they can have chemicals, what you use for soap, shampoo, Mm -hmm. conditioner, all that stuff. It's kind of crazy how much interaction your face has with those types of things on a daily basis. So like Mm -hmm. you're saying, something as simple as a pillowcase, depending on what type of fiber or uh, material it is can make a difference.
1: Yeah. And what you're washing that pillowcase with and how often all of that's important. And then the other thing that we go into a lot really is the stress you're putting on your body. So like what kind of workouts are you doing? Because those can raise your testosterone as well. And then you're going to end up getting acne. So you have to take a holistic approach to it. That's the only way to heal up for the long-term. You can take an antibiotic and it'll knock it out in a month. But when you stop taking the antibiotic, it can always come back.
0: Absolutely. And then what is the antibiotic doing behind the scenes uh, that might not show its face a month or two or three down the road? Take a step forward and maybe a couple steps back when you start implementing um, antibiotics yeah so jessica you mentioned you look into supplements of course uh when it comes to skin health and some that actually can increase acne so i'd be curious about those but also what are some of your favorite supplements for topical or oral supplements when it comes to skin health
1: Mm -hmm. um so some to watch out for is any sort of b-complex B12, B6, biotin, all of those in excess. So this is another thing. where doubles in the dosage. So, you know, if you have 20% of your daily intake of biotin, you're not going to get an acne flare up. But if you're consistently having 150% of it, then it could be affecting acne. Same with vitamin D. Vitamin D is a really big one. Anytime you're going over 100% of your daily dosage of vitamin D, that can definitely affect your skin negatively. Zinc is a similar thing. Anything with iodine you need to watch out for, that can really stimulate acne. So even in some seafoods that you're eating, um, sticking with freshwater fish can be really beneficial for people with acne too. So those are kind of the biggest ones that if you're having too much of that, it's a red flag for me. Also soy and whey. So if you're doing a a protein supplement, some of the ones that I love the most would be omega-3s. That's a fat that we just don't get enough of, especially as women. And so supplementing some omega-3 can help with hormone regulation. There's hyaluronic acid you can take. Vitamin C is good for your skin. A probiotic is really important. So making sure that your gut health is intact is great. So there's also a beef liver supplement that you can take. That's going to help with your iron production and then oxbile is really nice for helping with any sort of stomach acid which kind of goes back to gut health too
0: are there any particular let's you know let's say serums or creams or or otherwise that you're a huge fan of whether it's for healing skin or just you know keeping that healthy glow
1: yes so i actually my favorite one right now that is i I try to, on large platforms, recommend things that are good for any skin type. So my number one that's good for any skin type at all is Clear Stim's Cell Renew. It has plant-derived stem cells in it, reishi mushroom, which helps with redness. And then it also has a lot of hydrating ingredients. So it's great for healing acne scars, even healing burns. It's good for plumping up your skin, That's like my most glow inducing It has no pore cloggers, so it's really good for acne clients as well. And then the other really big thing is just a good sunscreen. Like those are my two things that you just, I think you have to have in your routine is something that's always healing your skin like a plant or like a stem cell serum and then protecting your skin like an SPF.
0: What do you look for in a sunscreen? Um, what should you be wary of? Like what chemicals, or you know, when you're trying to you know tease out which is the best sunscreen, what do you look for?
1: I look for a physical sunscreens. So that's something that has zinc oxide you'll know if it's a physical sunscreen, a mineral sunscreen. Um, So like Supergoop is a very popular brand. They have a mineral formulation that's much better for your skin than the chemical ones, just because the way a chemical sunscreen works is it attracts the sun's rays and then transforms it into heat on your skin to repel it. So that can be something that can stimulate melasma because of heat. So doing something that's a more physical repellent is just a little bit safer in general and your skin also isn't absorbing some of those chemicals so I look for mainly zinc you can tell by the consistency of it and it used to be no one wanted a physical sunscreen because it left a white cast so if you were a darker Fitzpatrick then you were kind of out of luck but science has come really far and people are really formulating to accommodate every single skin tone and type. So I would say always go for a mineral or physical protectant over a chemical one.
0: Gotcha. And for sunscreens, how frequently are you thinking to use them when you're going out in the sun? Is it any time you're going to have exposure over a certain amount of time or a certain Mm -hmm. amount of intensity? Or are you more of a fan of putting on sunscreen whenever you're out in the sun?
1: anytime even like i'm sitting right now and there's a window right in front of me and i i have to put sunscreen on or driving in your car um the sun is so powerful and our skin can be really vulnerable especially if you're using active ingredients like any sort of acids or retinol your skin is so sensitized that you can end up causing more harm than good by not wearing sunscreen because you can get more scarring or hyperpigmentation, or you can age a little bit quicker. So I say anytime as your last step in your morning routine, put on sunscreen. And then if you're going outside, always put it on again. I have one and it's it's also from Clearstem, but it's a brush on sunscreen. And so you can just put it on if you're a girl and you wear makeup. If you're a guy and you just want something quick, you brush it on. You don't even know you have it on, but it is protecting you from the sun. So the rule is if you're going outside, it should be every two hours that you reapply your sunscreen.
0: This podcast was brought to you by the Longev Revive Cream. If you haven't heard of this cream before, Go back and listen to the podcast interview with David Horneck, one of the people that helped create this amazing cream. The cream was specifically developed to enhance red light therapy treatment sessions. And not only that, but improve vibrational healing from the frequencies of full spectrum sunlight. The Revive includes special ingredients such as photodynamic amino acids, which helps convert UV light to red light, it increases production of this thing called fibronectin, which is said to be the holy grail of anti-aging, and then there's astaxanthin, which has been shown in clinical studies to increase skin moisture, moisture retention, and elasticity. There's turmeric, which contains an antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and antimicrobial properties There's copper peptides, which also has antioxidant, anti-inflammatory effects. C60 has high antioxidant power to prevent skin aging, 172 times more than vitamin C. And then there's also geranium rose, shungite, cumic acids. And most of these ingredients are organic and they're all high, high quality. So if you want to check this cream out, go to longev.com. That's L-O-N-G-E-V-V.com. Or you can also find it on biolite.shop. That's biolites Shop. Gotcha. And is that something that was taught in esthetician school or is that something you just read or, or learned about otherwise?
1: Esthetician school talks a lot about sunscreen. The one that I went to did at least. We watched like a whole video on it and just learned all kinds of stuff about it. So the two hour rule really I did learn in esthetician school, but it's definitely been more ingrained in my head the longer I've been around people in the industry.
0: Gotcha. Um, Another ingredient that I think is relatively popular for skin health and sun exposure is astaxanthin. I know that people almost call that like a liquid sunscreen, meaning like you ingest it 30 minutes before you go outside and it allows you to be outside longer with the same amount of uh, sun exposure without accruing that uh, sun damage or the UV damage from excessive exposure. I take it every day because it's good for nails, hair, eye health, but also for, for the sun exposure. Also, it's like in, in the cream that I have for my company that was initially made to be used for red light therapy treatments to enhance the benefits of red light therapy, the ingredients that are in there are as good as any as far as the anti-aging cream. Um, I'd be curious about your thoughts. It includes astaxanthin, and that's why I bring that up. I take it orally, but also in uh, a topical, it can be very powerful to mitigate that UV damage. Um, but then there's turmeric, copper peptides c60 among others um mm-hmm. are any of those on your radar as far as topical skin skin health uh, supplements
1: topically turmeric is great anything that fights inflammation so same thing with cbd that's why it's so buzzy in in the skincare world right mm-hmm. now you know you just want your skin to not not be inflamed that's going to help a lot acne is an inflammatory condition as far as ingesting goes i'm i'm learning more about supplementation so i I have heard of astaxanthin. I don't know if I said that right. Yeah,
0: you nailed nailed it.
1: I tried it. And I feel like it's one of those like newer studies, especially when it comes to the, in quotes, liquid sunscreen. I know that there have been a lot of warnings that you still do need to wear sunscreen, even if you do take it. I mean, I haven't seen or done as much research as I probably should on ingesting it.
0: Yeah, I could definitely send you some studies if you're interested in reading. Um, there's, it's, yeah. it's some pretty interesting and powerful research. So I can send that your way for sure. I
1: would love that. That would be amazing.
0: Totally. So also going back to esthetician school, how much did you learn about light and how it impacts skin health? We've kind of talked about it with um, the sunlight. You're a fan of uh, sunscreen to protect from you know the UV damage. But as far as like treatments using red light or blue light or otherwise, did you learn much about that in esthetician school?
1: Very minimal. So I know that red light helps a lot with inflammation and aging and blue light helps a lot with antibacterial. So it's going to help with acne, but that's about the extent of my knowledge. And when it came time to kind of get my menu together and treatments, everyone said you can always do red and blue light as an add on, but it's like a nice thing to have, but not necessary. So I don't feel like I know as much about it as I should, just because when everyone was like, it's not necessary. I haven't seen like insane results it's just like kind of nice for healing acne or a pimple or something but it is something i'm really interested in learning more about
0: well you're in luck we'll go through a brief <laughs> review <laughs> right now about you know, yeah so um one of the top photobiomodulation researchers a fancy term for red light therapy is dr michael hamblin and he's a harvard researcher and through his years and years of research and, and reading the research uh, this is what he's found about uh, red light therapy relative to skin health. It enhances collagen synthesis and density accelerates skin repair and wound healing combats skin conditions, such as acne, keloids, vitiligo burns, herpes, virus, sores, and psoriasis. It reduces cellulite and it also helps reduce color patches, hyperpigmentation and skin discoloration, kind of like what we've been talking about already. So The biggest ones are that it boosts collagen production, it boosts elastin production. And with that comes a lot of other things, including, well, also on top of that um, is reducing inflammation, improving circulation, like we've talked about. And a couple of studies, uh, the first one shows that in a study assessing red light therapy on skin health, I found that 91% of the subjects reported improved skin tone and 82% reported enhanced smoothness of the skin in the treatment area so again speaking to the elastin production speaking to the uh, collagen production but also what i learned when i picked up cupping which was in one of the dry needling courses is that after the age of 40 or so we lose more and more circulation to our skin to the superficial areas of our skin and as the years go by and we start to have those uh, uh, the vasculature kind of prune away that's where the wrinkling and the quote unquote aging in our skin comes into play So the more that you can keep the circulation to um, the superficial parts of your skin, uh, the more nutrients you're going to have, the more blood flow, the more oxygen, you're going to get to the surface of the skin, which is going to keep it plump, give it that glow and reduce any uh, chances of getting wrinkles. And so in a nutshell, red light therapy is kind of doing that, uh, but in a different way, just using light. It improves circulation, reduces inflammation, and according to the research, boosts elastin and collagen production. In the second research, kind of a nice global result from this piece of research, it shows that red light therapy appears to have a wide range of applications in dermatology, especially in indications where stimulation of healing, reduction of inflammation, reduction of uh, cell death, and skin rejuvenation are required. So -hmm. that covers a lot of bases like uh, Dr. Michael Hamblin alluded to with his research, his scouring of the research. So there seems to be a lot of applications. Again, with what you do, I don't know if it would move the needle the most compared to the microneedling or the, the chemical peels and, and whatnot that you do, but it seems to be that it could have a nice symbiotic or synergistic relationship with what you're doing. And I'm just thinking off the top of my head, microneedling, you're causing that intentional micro damage to stimulate the healing. Then if you supplemented that with red light therapy, post-treatment, you may accelerate the healing process. Again, I don't know if there's research on that, but that's just kind of my hypothesis. So I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are after my uh, little diatribe there on the research.
1: No, I think that between the research and kind of what I've heard from other estheticians, it really is a great enhancement to add on to a treatment. So like if someone came in today and I did extractions on them, it would be so nice to put them under blue light to kind of accelerate that antibacterial effect. And then, yeah, like what you said, it could be a really nice thing to add on to a migraine link surface, or if someone does have a... I know there's a lot of at-home devices and I know with those, just consistency is key. So you're not going to see an insane result in one day, but I think if you used it for a week straight, you would end up seeing some acceleration in your healing process. So that really is interesting. And I, makes me want to try a little device.
0: Well, I think we'll have to hook you up with a device so you can uh, try for yourself, but, but what's interesting with, with skin health and red light therapy is that skin responds the quickest, let's say, compared to treating for pain or um, athletic performance or mental health, sleep, thyroid health. And that's because the skin is so superficial that it takes a lot less of a dosage. And like you said, with a lot of your treatments or supplements or whatnot, uh, the devil's in the details and the dosage with red light therapy, it's easy to get in this mindset of more is better. So I mm-hmm. harp on this with, with people that I'm educating or or customers or what, whatnot, it's easy to do too much. And when you do too much, there's not necessarily damage, but you just don't get the results you're looking for. So it's like that biphasic dose response where too much, you're not going to get the results you're looking for. Uh, if the dosage is too low, you're not going to get the results you're looking for. So it's about finding that perfect middle ground. And with every treatment, let's say you're treating skin health versus pain, skin health takes significantly less of a dosage compared to treating pain. So so like you're saying the devil devil's in the details and, and the dosage but to your point, people that use it consistently for skin health specifically, which is most people I think um, that's mm-hmm. why they purchase red light therapy
1: yeah
0: they see results relatively quickly compared to trying to improve your sleep or trying to you know get rid of that nagging pain or chronic pain. Skin health actually responds very quickly when it comes to treating with red light therapy.
1: So what are the dangers of doing it too much? That was was really interesting because I would think that you couldn't do it enough.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. There's really no danger. That's what's really cool about light therapy. And and with red light therapy, we're using LEDs versus what you were talking about with lasers, lasers are much more concentrated area of light. So you may get the heating of the tissue if you don't do it correctly, whereas LEDs, you're not going to do that. So much safer. But to your question, if you were to say like double the dosage or do a treatment three or four times a day, which, which depending on the dosage probably isn't great. Mm-hmm. You're just not going to get the results you're looking for, especially if it's skin health. Cause with skin health, all you're using is red light. You're not using near infrared, which is part of red light therapy because the near infrared penetrates deeper than the skin. So that's what you would use if you're treating anything deeper than the skin, like bones or muscles or organs or the, uh, the brain. But if you're doing uh, just skin, you're using just the red light. And so, if you're overtreating the skin, again, you're not going to get the results you're looking for. The chances of doing something negative are slim to none. Mm-hmm. And let's say you're treating something else where you're where you are using near infrared. Very few people, less than ten percent. If you were to let's say do overdo the dosage by by two or three times, you may get a little lethargic. You may have um, a headache or just be a little hazy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But again, that that's very rarely and just like a treatment you know i do hyperbaric oxygen people that have a lot of toxins or a lot of things withheld in their body those are the ones that may feel kind of that detox symptoms the most and that's also what may be happening with people that overdose on red light therapy quote-unquote overdose is that they're exposing their body for the first time to red light therapy they're detoxing and it's those detox symptoms that are giving them the lethargy or malaise or headaches and whatnot but otherwise if you overdose you're not going to notice anything and you're just not going to get the benefits you're looking for
1: interesting okay thank you
0: yeah and and kind of like you said a shout out to blue light and acne because especially with what you're working with with acne the blue light's incredible as an antimicrobial Um, in in one study with blue light and acne the blue light having that antimicrobial effect uh made it effective killing several types of bacteria that can collect in your uh, pores and oil glands and cause breakouts. And and in this study, people with acne who were treated uh, for five weeks with blue light therapy saw improvement in 77% of the cases. So I don't know specifically in this uh, study, if they were doing anything else, I'd have to think not for the purpose of the study. So pretty powerful, just, just including the proper dosage of a certain spectra of light can have pretty profound effect uh, effects on acne. Yeah. Kind of getting close to the end here, but let's, let's switch topics from skin health for a moment. Um, it was brought to my attention that you were a trackster at Ole Miss and, and I want to bring this up, not just to bring back your glory days, but because red light therapy along with skin health has uh, powerful implications for improving athletic performance and recovery. So my question to you is when you're at Ole Miss, whether it's for performance or recovery or treating injuries, was there any usage of, of light therapy of any sort?
1: Not for me personally. And I was, I was far from a star. I was chronically injured. I actually ended up finding out I had bone density that mirrored osteoporosis, which brought the end to my running career, but I never used any sort of light therapy. So I, that's very interesting to me that it's, it's known to help with recovery.
0: Yeah. And I wouldn't have expected them to have used it because again, it's relatively new. There are some professional teams like uh, the San Francisco 49ers recently installed like a light therapy room specifically for recovery and preventing injury. Uh, More and more colleges, I think, are getting on board with utilizing uh, red light therapy, whether it's a room or just integrating it into their treatments, whether it's for injuries or recovery. But for example, you know, red light therapy and the research has been shown to be exceptionally effective at preventing muscular fatigue, enhancing muscular strength and um, endurance, increasing fat loss response to exercise. So when using red light therapy in combination with exercise, you may be able to um, accentuate uh, the fat loss process, increase muscular growth response to exercise, and it promotes faster recovery from exercise. So again, with the correct dosage, there's a lot to be had when it comes to exercise or athletic performance. So I think over time, this red light therapy or different types of light therapy will become more common day in, in colleges and, you know, with collegiate athletes and then uh, professional sports as well.
1: Yeah. Sounds like it should be.
0: (laughs) In due time, everything takes a little longer than, than it should, but yeah, I kind of think it's headed that direction for sure. So Jessica, any last thoughts here specific to skin health? What are some things that people could do today to start, you know, boosting their skin health, whether they're trying to recover from acne or, or they're just trying to improve, improve their anti-aging regimen what would you have them do
1: hydrate from the inside out so drinking a lot of water i personally drink a gallon a day which is excessive but just making sure that you drink a lot of water That's so important for skin health. It's like the oldest trick in the book, but it's very real. Checking your products. So making sure that you're not using anything that's making it worse. There are resources online that you can find a poor clogging ingredient list. Clearstem's website does have one of those. So you can kind of match your products if acne is a concern, if aging is a concern, try and incorporate maybe some facial massage. That's really important as well to stimulate that collagen production without doing any microneedling. So those are some big ones.
0: Gotcha. Love it. And lastly, where can people go to learn more about you and what you're up to? And uh, if they're in the area, potentially book an appointment with you.
1: Yes. So um, my Instagram, just skin, Jess has all of my skin info. Um, there's a direct link to book with me either in person or virtually. Um, then my personal Instagram is at Jess Clark underscore. And that's another fun way to keep up with me. And then my website is just
0: Perfect. Everybody go check out Jess. She's doing wonderful things. If you can't tell, she's passionate about what she does given the holistic approach to skin health. So go check her out on, on uh, social media, check out her website, book an appointment. Um, if I'm ever in the Denver area, of course, I'll hit you up for for some help with my own face.
1: Please come on anytime.
0: Uh, and lastly, when, when is that wedding date of yours?
1: November. So we're encroaching. We've got about five, four, four or five months, I guess. So we're getting close.
0: Blink twice. Blink twice and it'll be here, right?
1: I know. I'm kind of ready, though. We've been planning for a while, so it's time.
0: Well, nothing but love to you and Ben, and I hope it goes smoothly and the celebration is uh, monumental.
1: Thank you so much. This was really fun. I appreciate you having me.
0: My pleasure. Well, we'll have to have you on again in the future. Absolutely. Uh, But but for Jessica Clark, this is Dr. Mike Belkowski signing off The Red Light Report. Everybody have a fantastic week.
1: Thank you for for listening listening to The Red Light Report.
0: If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolight.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolight. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.